You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, good morning, folks. Coming to you live from University of Mary along with Brandon Clark. I'm Steve Splonskowski, and we're talking with Jackson Wandler and Jeff Beauchamp. And we're talking about the Catholic Philanthropy Certificate here at the University of Mary. Um, give you some details. Let's let's jump in, Jackson. Uh, philanthropy is not a new idea. That's correct. Um, it's obviously been around for ages. We see all the beautiful churches, you know, in Eastern America, Europe, and um, we're not reinventing the wheel here. But saw a need, like we talked about earlier, and developed something here uh, that's practical. The history of philanthropy goes all the way back to the Roman Empire. We're giving something of value didn't have to be monetary uh, would elevate someone's social status within a community um, where they could gain more honor prestige maybe even votes depending on the government and um, at that same time romans jews and christians were dedicated to serving the sick the poor and the abandoned Um, charity was to lay up treasures in heaven Um, so it was not seen as something that's like burdensome uh, but something that contributed greatly to society um, for a very long time, which is evident in all the beautiful churches and whatnot. Uh, you need monetary funds to, to uh, build those. And so uh, in our, our classes, the Institute for Catholic Philanthropy, uh, we're taught that um, inviting a donor into a mission to participate should create joy within their heart. Hmm. Um, it should not be due to a sense of obligation or drudgery um, but uh, it should encourage their relationship uh, with a loving God and, of course, uh, encourage them uh, in loving their neighbors as well. Jeff, I want to make sure we get into this because th- this is, if there's people listening right now, they're going to want to know about it. W- w- let's talk about the, uh, the makeup of, of the course. What does this look like? What, how is it built and, and what are some of the things covered? Sure. Um, there is a lot of subject matter that we that we will touch on, um, and I'll just give some highlights um, that, as I remember them. But um, you know, we have to find donors, so we have to conduct some research on how to find potential donors. You know, do they have an affinity to our mission? Uh, do they have capacity? Uh, would they be willing to to come on board and be part of something uh, something great? Um, we also find out how to do research on on foundations and how to apply for grants um, through uh, the money that's available. A lot of what we do is um, database driven so it's good to have a um, some software that'll help keep track of um, all of our constituents, make sure their information is current, um, how much money has been given in different funds, we run reports. Um, You know how do you pull information out of your database that's useful when you're running your program um, we also talk about donor recognition and how to thank them properly and um, make sure that uh, their gift is recognized and, and then celebrate that in special events. Uh, we also want to make sure we're stewarding the gift, that we're meeting the intention of the donor the best way we can, that their voice is heard and make sure that we honor that gift and and make sure that, that people understand um, that their gift is important to us and how grateful we are. Um, we do a lot of relationship building. Um, a lot of what we do is, is just communicating our, our story, telling our story, making sure that um, we keep people 
up to speed on the great things we're doing at the University of Mary, the programs we're involved in, the growth that we've seen, the enrollment, all these different things. They need to understand that this is a progression, and uh, so we, we keep in close communication with our donors. There's a, um, a beautiful Benedictine saying that we need to listen with the ear of our heart. And we really try to be intentional on that, that, um, that we meet our donors and prospective donors where they're at. Um, we're not, certainly not preachy, but we, uh, we want to understand them. We want to hear their story and what resonates with them. Um, we spend a fair amount of time <coughs> forming an MVP team. Um, there's, there's a lot of components to a capital campaign and, and fundraising, and, and we want to put the right people in the right spot so they're successful personally but as a as a department as a group um, you have a better chance for success um, and there's a lot of volunteers uh, a lot of volunteer work that comes into uh, fundraising and, and how do we how do we choose the right volunteers if it's the board of directors is it the regents is it um, people on our capital campaign committee that can add benefit uh, we want them to be uh, feel like they're uh, engaged and useful and not meet just to meet uh, so we spend a fair amount of time with our volunteers to make sure that um, you know it's meaningful to them and then we also talk some of the mechanics of fundraising um, plan giving uh, so how do we how do we present uh, wills trusts annuities uh, is it a stock transfer or a IRA rollover um, all those pieces that uh, will help um, give people options, especially in plan giving. Uh, we talk about the North Dakota tax credit and, and federal, um, federal tax um, deductions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of content, uh, and it's really a great fundraising base. And like I said, if people are interested in taking the CFRE course, uh, this is something that uh, would certainly be beneficial to them. Jackson, let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of this. It's uh, How many years have you been doing this program? Uh, when does it run? That type of thing. Yeah, great question. So this is going to be the third year that we're running the program. Uh, the program runs throughout the summer. Uh, each class is five weeks, like I had mentioned before. Uh, this allows all of our students to take just one class at a time so they aren't overburdened, uh, so they can dive into different topics. Um, and... Uh, if you want to find out more information on the web, simply type in a Google search, Institute for Catholic Philanthropy, University of Mary, or UMary. Uh, you'll see it on the top link there. Simply click that. Uh, once you get to that page, up on the top right, you'll see a little button that says Apply. You can apply right there. And uh, the only other item we need, if you want to get going, is uh, your transcript. Classes start May 4th. So you've had people go through this. This is the third or fourth year now? Third, third this year. is the third year. Mm -hmm. What impacts have you seen in successful completion of this program in, in the students who have taken it? Yeah, I think, uh, like we said earlier, there's a there's a great diversity um, of people that uh, have taken this class. Might be just a one person department, uh, and then we've had some that have twenty or thirty. So you get you get to learn a lot about um, fundraising and the diversity of it, and the and the challenges that other departments have. Um, so. You know, even after you're done, uh, there's a nice close network of people that you can reach out to and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm run up against this issue. Does anybody have any insight? And uh, it's amazing that, you know, you know, you can gain a lot from other people's experiences, what worked, what didn't, what to, what to do and what not to do. And uh, so that's probably one of the bigger things that we've taken away is that 
is that close network with other people in, in Catholic philanthropy that are, are that are doing the same things that we are might be on a different level, but it's really uh, it's important to have um, resources out there that you can reach out to and, and uh, have a great conversation over. Absolutely. So we got about uh, 30 seconds left here. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners on uh, the uh, Catholic Philanthropy Certificate here at the University of Mary? Well, um, just in closing, I think um, you know this course will help teach you how to navigate through uh, through the labyrinth of, of, of a capital campaign, all the moving parts that go with it. Um, it's it's a lot more complex than asking for money and then going out and building building something. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's really um, uh, to engage people at a higher level and to really um, embrace the the Catholic views on it, uh, fundraising. And um, there's a lot of people that could probably at least consider the course, you know, people in Catholic dioceses, Catholic foundations, maybe the Knights of Columbus or Newman Centers, Catholic schools, Catholic healthcare foundations. These are all uh, institutions that uh, could certainly benefit from this program. Jackson, Jeff, thanks so much for being on with us this morning. Thank, Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. All right, coming up on the other side of this break, winning the hearts of our children. How can you as a parent help keep your kids in the faith or bring them back home if they have strayed? That's the conversation we'll have next as Real Presence Live continues. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for a full-time administrative assistant to the programming director. A qualified candidate should demonstrate excellent self-management and time management skills and have excellent oral and written communication skills. Tasks will include assisting in lining up daily guests for our local program, Real Presence Live, writing talking points and promotional material for program segments, and managing your programming calendar. Degree or experience in communication or business administration is preferred but not required. For more information, contact Brandon at 877-795-0122. I chose Mount Marty over at State School because of the small classroom sizes and because of the small faculty to student ratio. I want to be able to develop a relationship with my professors and not just be a number on the wall. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. You can really develop relationships with your professors and Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College, experience the momentum. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. You can join Father Tom Loomis and St. James Coffee on a life-changing travel experience on a tour to Poland where you will encounter Christ and His Church and learn from history, the life of Pope John Paul, the faith of the Polish people, and more August 22nd through the 31st, 2020. Participation in this tour provides financial support for St. James Coffee. You can stop by the coffee shop in Rochester to pick up a brochure or Ed Ventures can be reached at 800-658-7128. 
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hey, everybody. Real Presence Live. Steve Sponskowski here along with Brandon Clark. We're coming to you live from the Lumen Vitae University Center here at the University of Mary. If you missed any of this morning's show, you can find that in our podcast later um, on our website, realpresenceradio.com. And while you're there, consider sending a prayer intention that we can specifically pray for. Uh, we'll put it on our website, and it also might get featured on our Prayerfully Yours segments here on Real Presence Live. Visit our Real Presence Live page, realpresenceradio.com. Also, check out our news page. And remember, you can always download the Real Presence Radio app and listen to us wherever you go. So if that signal is getting scratchy as you're driving from uh, Fargo to Bismarck, somewhere around uh, just past Jamestown area, guess what? Just download the Real Presence Radio app and scratchiness gone. All right, Real Presence Radio (laughs) app. Uh, You can listen to us anywhere across the nation, even in Rome. I think the Pope is probably listening to us in Rome. You think so? No, probably not. But it was <laughs> a nice thought. Well, uh, while we're waiting to get our uh, next guests on the phone here, and it looks like we do have one of them on, um, we are talking this morning about winning the hearts of our children and how parents can help keep their kids in the faith or bring them back home if they strayed. So it's a it's an important conversation that many parents um, have have had to think about as they're raising children, as they have children that, that go off and, and leave home. And we've got this morning uh, Chris Stewart with Casting Nets Ministries on the line to uh, to help uh, start that conversation. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. So uh, tell listeners just a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is Chris Stewart. I am the co-founder of uh, Casting Nets Ministries which we are uh, an apostolate just dedicated to equipping uh, and inspiring Catholics to be able to share the gospel um, and answer that call to new evangelization. We started about uh, 15 years ago, and um, you know most of our work is with parishes and with dioceses, but we have resources for individuals as well. Um, and uh, it's just been a joy to you know be excited about getting others to share the gospel and answer, you know, what John Paul II has called us to do. Uh, because as I have experienced in my life and so many people around, when you get out there and can share this message of hope and mercy, uh, it just comes all the more alive in your own heart. And um, I think that was part of John Paul's, you know, brilliant plan you know, for the new evangelization. Yeah, yeah. We also have your counterpart, Tony Brandt, on the line as well. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I grew up in a, in a really large uh, family, an adoptive family in, in Nebraska. My parents were amazing people that uh, you know, really gave their lives uh, for others. And, and I think that sunk in as I, as I got older and, and kind of 
you know, went away, but then came into my faith full bore, uh, you know, when I was at Benedictine College in Ashton, mm-hmm. Kansas. Um, you know, my roommate and I just decided to take on anybody that we could, uh, we could take on to share the gospel. And uh, after I graduated from Benedictine, I started teaching um, in the Catholic high schools in Wichita, Kansas. And, uh, and that's, you know, really where it took off. And, and Chris and I, working together, went, uh, you know, we went out to, to try to change the world. You know, to, let's go change the world one soul at a time. And, and I think that uh, as we've moved forward uh, and we've grown our families and, and, and all that, uh, training both our children, but then our students and the people around us, uh, to to share the gospel and but to do it effectively, you know, to to really build relationships and not be uh, you know shoving the gospel down people's throats, but but rather you know walking with them and and bringing them to the Lord has has shown to be very effective. And that discipleship that happens in the way that Jesus walked with the apostles and walked with the disciples is really where it's at. And and I think that that's you know for for Chris and I, uh, you know, in in my life, that's kind of what we've dedicated our lives to. So yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's where we're at. So Chris, Chris, winning the hearts of our children is something, of course, that every parent listening right now is hoping to work on. Where do we even begin? Um, you know, we have to begin just like with anything when it comes to sharing the faith, and we have to begin with our own heart and our own pursuit of holiness. Um, if, if we are not seeking the Lord with every, everything we have, the, our own children will not seek him either in that sense and and so for us you know uh, I, I just think of like certain parents like saint therese of Lisieux's parents right you have uh, two parents that have been canonized and not only was therese canonized but her other sisters are also up for canonization and it really begins with those two parents or i think of like john paul ii's father and the faith that he saw in him and his devotion and so you know if we're going to be serious about our children's success, and not in worldly success, but as determined that they are going to be saints, then we have got to pursue that with everything that we have. And Tony, you were saying uh, you and Chris wanted to go and change the world. Uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta says if you want to change the world, go home and love your families. Was she onto something? <laughs> I think she was. You know, if, if we're going to you know, I just had a conversation just this last week with you know at a parish and uh, outside of Denver, and uh, and I was talking to a young lady who was really struggling with you know her vocation versus her you know her job, and and you know what I advised her was you know you got to put your vocation first. I mean, you got to win your family first, and and really teach them, train them, uh, love them, you know, give them an example of of what it is by the way you serve the church, but. You have to focus in on that family first. And I think that if we're going to change the world, we change starting within our vocation of evangelizing our own children. But part of that evangelization, you know, disciples, you know, if you're making disciples, you're making people who are disciples. So you're training them to be disciple makers. And I think part of that process is turning them outward. And nothing gives my heart more hope than when we have people who are teaching their children to be evangelists. So in a sense, our, we're talking here, you know, we use as, as apostolates, and of course, as Real Presence Radio, we're an apostolate, and we use that phrase, we're here to change the world. And sometimes if you do a measurement of the world, it does feel like we haven't changed a thing, right? It's so negative. <laughs> so we have, isn't that where we need to focus in on what you're talking about here? How do you measure that you've changed the world? 
Yeah. You know, I share in my book, um, Cast Dance with the Saints, uh, uh, the story about um, St. Jose Maria Escrivá, you know, who was the founder of Opus Dei and, and uh, really was this man who inspirationally had this idea that lay people were called to live holiness in their everyday life, which that may not be so shocking to our ears after Vatican II, which was its real message, but, you know, in the 1930s and 40s, that was, that was something rare. And he decided, I'm going to do this. And I love the story. He received this message that this was, was going to be his pursuit. And he started months at preparing young people, you know, to get them on board, to come with him on this journey towards holiness in everyday life. And he said, we're going to launch this. And the evening, the event, the big event that he was going to have, um, three people showed up. <laughs> and uh, it was just three. And he said, though, that when he went to bless them with, uh, for benediction, with the monstrance, he saw the three, but then behind them, he saw 300. And behind them, he saw 3,000. Behind them, mm. he saw 3 million. And it just kept going. You know, it's like what you just shared with Mother Teresa as a, another good friend of our Sarah Swaffer. She always says, you look, you start with your four-mile radius around you. You start exactly where you're at. And if you're going to you know, make disciples, just like Tony said, you're going to make disciples of disciple makers that will go out there. Uh, but you got to trust that the Lord's going to bring the people in my life today that I need to witness to, and that they can witness to me as well. And you have to trust that's going to happen today. And so what we're saying here, if you're thinking out there right now, well, I can't change the world, or even if you're thinking, I want to change the world, guess what? The people that the Lord is going to bring into your life today is very often your spouse, your children, maybe even your own siblings, right? Is that what we're talking about, Tony? Yeah, I think that uh, the biggest thing is, you know, that when we're changing the world, we're changing the people that are in front of us. And if it's our, our spouses, our families, our siblings, our families, sometimes, to be very honest, those are the hardest people to reach. You know, I, I had somebody just witness to me that, you know, they were, um, they were, they were going out to, to share who Jesus Christ is to them with someone in their life. And they, and they said it was easier to share it with a stranger than it was with their own family. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the struggle, right? Especially with our family members that are away from the church or that are, that are struggling with the church. They don't want to hear it from us. And I think that that's where, you know, just reaching out and loving them and, and loving the people that are in our midst um, that, will, that will listen, then we allow that to, to reciprocate. We allow that to kind of fester and move around. I think the devil really wants us to be hopeless. And it's really easy to become hopeless when we see how very few people we've affected when you compare it to the how many billion people are in the world. Right. You know, we are insignificant. And that's what the devil wants us to hear. We are insignificant. But the reality is that we continue to share that gospel of great love with the people in our proximity. We, we have a one about one minute till we, we take our first break here. Uh, you know, let, let's talk about keeping the kids in the faith. What are some practical piece of, piece of, pieces of advice you have for parents listening to, to help with this, which could seem like a tall order? Um, you know, just briefly, I would just say, you know, we got to live a sacramental life. And that does not just mean simply going to Mass on Sunday. But that means preparing for Sunday Mass as a family, making Sunday different than any other day. It means celebrating the sacrament celebrating, going together at, at, for confession, and go out and have ice cream or something afterwards. It means celebrating our baptism day. 
uh, and living a sacramental life is where I would always begin. You know, some uh, Chris, some a lot of parents are going to say, "Well, my kids tell me they don't want to go to mass, and I am, and what are we going to do with that?" But you know, I'm not going to have the answer to that uh, right now because we have to take a break. So, folks, don't go anywhere. We're having a conversation here with Tony Brandt and Chris Stewart about. Bringing, winning the hearts of our children, a struggle we all have as parents. And so we're going to step away for just a moment. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk more about this topic. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're glad to be joining you here today from University of Mary, the Lumen Vitae University Center here. But before we get back into uh, our part of our segment here with Tony Brandt and Chris Stewart this morning, we want to let you know that you can hear uh, Real Presence Radio, not only on your radio station, but also on the app. Again, let's download the Real Presence Radio app. You can listen to us there. You can also listen to us live online at realpresenceradio.com. Before we went to the break, we were talking about winning the hearts of our children. And part of that is really how do we keep them in the faith? And one of the questions I mentioned, Tony, uh, was a lot of parents say to us, you know, well, what do I do when my kids say, yeah, you know, dad, mass is boring. I'm 17 years old. I'm not going to go anymore. What can we tell, what would our parents do with that? Well, you know, as I was growing up, uh, one of the biggest things was that uh, we, I, I came from a large adoptive family. So we had we had all kinds of kids coming through. We had over 40 kids with us at different times or another. Um, and, and the reality is that a lot of them were, came from different faith backgrounds, or they came from different, um, you know, ideologies and, and all kinds of things. And, you know, my dad's policy was always, you know, this is my house, and as long as you live here, you're going to be going to church. However, you know, we had a young lady who said, well, I'm Baptist. I want to, I want to go to the Baptist church. He goes, okay, I'll take you to the Baptist church, but you're going to go to church. And it was just one of those things where having such a commitment as a parent to go to Mass and to not uh, grumble about Mass, but to, to make a commitment to the sacraments, to make a commitment to those things, shows something that hopefully plants that seed. You know, I, as I went off to college and I kind of left my faith for a while, I never stopped going to Mass. Crazy enough. Why? Because it was instilled in me the, the very, very deep uh, you know, desire that, or, or a deep commitment that, you know, 
I guess that's the last straw. I mean, I, that doesn't mean I was receiving communion. It doesn't mean that I wasn't sitting in the back with my arms crossed. But it, but I was, but I never stopped going to mass simply because it was instilled so deeply in me that this is what you do on Sundays. Now I understand that there might be somebody that, that you know, maybe beyond that and and still struggling with that. Maybe they need to make a recommitment uh, to their Sunday. Um, Sunday attendance and, and not make it flippant, not make excuses on, you know, soccer, you know, for soccer tournaments or anything else. Um, but the, but the reality is that as we continue on and we're sitting there trying to get our children to go to mass, maybe the reason why they're not going to mass is because, you know, they don't understand it. They don't understand the commitment to it. So recommitting to teaching our children what is the point, you know, I think that sharing, even if it's not theologically what's the point, but for me, why do I go to Mass? Why do, do my children know the level of commitment that I have, but also why I feel like I have to go to Mass every Sunday? So it becomes a personal testimony, and our, our children need to see that testimony so they can start to develop, why do I go to Mass? And maybe they'll see something different than simply the you know going there and, and seeing it as boring. Yeah. I think the other piece here, Tony and Chris, uh, that that's on the hearts of many parents is so they've put that foundation, they've built that foundation, uh, they've been committed to to living out the faith, they they have done everything they can to share the faith with their children and instill those those values, that virtue. But sometimes the the, the children they just leave the faith. Right. What do you say to the parents listening right now who, who are in this situation? They've done all they can, but for some reason or another, the, their child has, has journeyed off. Yeah. You know, the, the first thing I want to point out is that, you know, there is no perfect parent. Um, well, except Mary, she was, she was pretty good. And, uh, and then God the Father, right? And, but you think about God the Father, and you look at his children, and his, his children are a mess. And uh, his children are causing a lot of trouble. And uh, so if, if that God, our Father's children, then why do we place so much, you know, so much weight on our own shoulders if our children are not perfect and they make poor decisions? And so I, I want to, you know, first of all, release some of that, you know, from, from every parent, you know, that our children are going to make bad choices and they're going to make choices that we don't like. Uh, and, and obviously go against what God desires for them. Um, however, you know, we want what's best for them, and so does our Lord. And we have to have a hope that we're going to continue to pray and witness to them in, in ways that maybe we haven't even thought of yet, um, but that are, you know, are going to give us a confidence to know that the Lord is hearing our prayers for their soul and for their salvation, and that he desires that as well. And he is doing everything that he can right now to work in their lives, even though we don't even know about it. Um, you know, I always tell people, look, you know, does, has God ever worked in your life at times in which you weren't aware of it? My answer is yes. And it can be true for your children as well. So let's take another a twist on this conversation because there could be parents out there right now who, when their children were at home, they didn't practice their faith. But after their children left home, mm -hmm. they were reinvigorated in their faith. Mm -hmm. How do they communicate with their children to draw them back to the church? That's a really great question, you know, because I, that is actually a pretty common experience that I've seen. 
people that maybe they got caught up in their in their lives, their secular lives, whatever. Uh, for whatever reason, they weren't overly devout. They weren't. Maybe they're going through the motions uh, when their children are at home. But as their children got older, and as they got older and wiser, all of a sudden they have a renewal. Maybe through Brazil or through you know a, a unique faith experience, and now they're devout and they're trying to figure out. And, and actually, I think they suffer from a lot of guilt because of that. They look back and go, "What did I do?" You know, and I, and I, I just want to encourage the parents out there, you know, to to never never despair in those situations. To never sit there and say, "How am I going to approach my children?" Just approach them with love. Approach them with, uh, you know, accepting them where they're at, while at the same time always calling them to more. And when I say always calling them to more, that doesn't mean badgering them with, you know, why are you living that way, but but rather always calling them to more through our own example, their own witness, their own testimony. But I would also say um, just to continue to diligently pray for them, uh, to offer up prayers. I remember that uh, as I was away from the church, you know, and my, my mother was beside herself that I would, I would ever not be practicing, um, she, she started to offer up all of her suffering. You know, she really, honestly, my mom suffered a lot. She, uh, she had a bone disease and was blinded in a car accident. And so she offered up all of her suffering that her son would someday return home. And I remember when I finally came back to the church and I, and I approached my mother and I said, Mom, I'm back. I just want you to know I'm back in the church. I'm in the grace of, of the church. I've gone to confession. I'm going to communion. All these things. She goes, I know. And I've offered up every day. Since I knew you were gone, I've offered up every day of suffering that my son would come home. That I offered up my suffering and united that suffering to the sufferings of Christ on the cross. And for the redemption of souls, in particular yours. And it was just an emotional, moving experience for me to realize that my mother had suffered all those days for me. And I think that we can't underestimate the power of prayer, and in particular the power of redemptive suffering. Don't let a day go by that you don't offer up your headache, you don't offer up your stub toe, you don't offer up whatever's going on, your allergies, whatever. Offer them up to bring our children home. It is never, ever too late to touch the heart of our children. It's never too late to continue to pray for them and to bring them home, because Christ wants them to come home more than we do, either. Right. He, he desires that. And He brought us home in an older state, if I'm in that state, right? It took all the way until my children were out for me to come into the church. So why would we be so anxious? Uh, let God do His work in His time. Right, yeah, and you know, we've been having this this conversation over the past half hour, but it is such a a wide topic. There's many different aspects of it, and you guys are actually going to be diving more into it. So if you're enjoying this conversation, they're going to be leading a three-day retreat at Blessed Sacrament Church in Rapid City, Sunday, March 8th. So this Sunday through Tuesday, March 10th, learning more about and diving deeper into this particular topic, what do you want listeners to know, Chris and Tony, about this and what they would experience if they come out for it? Yeah, um, we're excited to be back in the Rapid City Diocese. We've been blessed to be able to visit uh, both of the photos several times, and the people are so good. Um, They just have that Midwestern spirit, so we're we're excited to be back. And... um, but you know, it'll be a, a three-night mission from 7 to 8.30. Um, they're going to hear some reflections from us as to what it is to, you know, how to keep our children Catholic, but also if they've already left, if they've grown, how to bring them back. So we meet this all the time where the children are practicing, their grandchildren are baptized. So we're going to give some reflections and hopefully some inspiration and some hope into that situation. 
You'll have an opportunity to uh, speak with us, ask us questions. We love to pray with people. Um, and uh, so every night, and as, even if you can only come one night or two nights, um, uh, that's fine. Um, you would probably rather come to the nights that I'm speaking then, if you're going to do that. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, you know, we, we want everybody to join us. There's no charge, and uh, people can come even if they don't belong to Blessed Sacrament. Excellent. Tony, I, I'd love to give you an opportunity to respond, but I apologize. We're out of time. Uh, so <laughs> thank you both for coming on. Thank, yes, thank you both for coming on again this morning. Again, that's the parish mission at Blessed Sacrament Church in Rapid City this Sunday, March 8th through Tuesday, March 10th, put on by Casting Nets Ministries. That's Tony Brandt and Chris Stewart. Thank you so much for being on with us this morning. Thank you very much. All right. That's the end of our show, Steve. All right. Almost. Uh, we, we have, uh, actually, we have a, a, a preview coming up of we our do. next show coming up Monday. Eli, are you awake? Knock, knock. Hello, I am Eli. awake. You know, there I, you go. I, I, was, I was really enjoying these longer segments. Gave me a chance to get some nice naps in during the show. No, no, you didn't sleep because it was so enthralling. But tell us about what's going on Monday. <laughs> All right, here's what's coming up on our next Trail Presence Live. That's Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central from Trinity High School in Dickinson, hosted by Father Craig Holkhalter. What role should family play in educating children in the faith? Dr. Joseph White will answer this question in part one of a two-part interview on how to effectively pass faith on to children. And are you hungry to learn more about the ancient Christian practice of fasting? Get it? Hungry to learn more? That, that was a good... Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But I don't think he came up with that, so... Yeah, I didn't write this one, but, yeah. you know, delivery is key. <laughs> Monsignor Tom Richter of the Bismarck Diocese will feed us some answers. There's another one. And reflections. Wow. All and the what puns are killing me, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> what does the true image of a perfect man look like? That's what we'll discuss with Dr. Mario Sacasa as we preview the upcoming men's conference of the Diocese of Rapid City. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Thank you. you for that rapid delivery. How come there was no pun in that last one? The rapid delivery. I just made it for you. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Eli. We appreciate the uh, the preview, and thank you for tuning in and listening this morning, Steve. We've we've covered a lot of ground and uh, a lot of important topics. Yeah, it's a, a great conversation that we've had today, and you know, uh, a note on there. I think as uh, I want to talk, go back to many those parents of you, those parents who have had conversions um, and come back to the faith. It's something that I know Dr. Ray Grandy has uh, talked about on the air is don't be afraid to apologize. It's okay for us as parents to apologize to our children and say, I did this wrong, and I, I really want to have the opportunity to show you how to do it right. And so I think it's a, you know, we're all called to that humility. Yeah, and one more call to action from our very first interview. If you didn't get a chance, we talked, we spoke with Jason Adkins of the Minnesota Catholic Conference about the Choose Life license plate bill that is in Minnesota that, the proceeds will, will help support pregnancy resource centers. So please call your legislators and tell them to support this bill. It's an important one. It's an important way to vividly live out our support of life as well. So thanks again for tuning in for Real Presence Live. We'll catch you again on Monday from 9 to 11 Central. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com.
or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.